Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Steve and Linda Make a Podcast. Steve and Linda are off for this week. Uh, but with you here, I'm Brendan. I'm Dan. I'm Ian. And I'm Parker. And today, what we're going to do is to perform somewhat of another round robin where we sort of go around the room, um, the virtual room, and consider uh, what our background is. So last time we mentioned that um, I think it's an important question to ask, how did we get here? Because if we're doing this uh, to any benefit for our listeners, then hopefully um, there's some demystification of the notion that uh, you just take step-by-step sort of directions straight towards a career. When I think uh, to varying degrees that uh, between the four of us, that is entirely to completely false. (laughs) The idea right here, Brendan, that you're going for is that someone could follow our exact backgrounds and (laughs) thus replicate our raging successes. Is that kind of... (laughs) Yeah, that's the hope is that you could just uh, take this the transcript for this entire episode uh, go step by step, and um, at the end of it, people will be calling you uh, Jefferson Bezos and uh, <laughs> Stevenson Yobbs. What other um, uh, Elanius Musk? I think is that's a that's a jazz musician. <laughs> I remember him. Yeah. So let's. Uh, dive into the old details. Um, I have certain questions that I wanted to ask, um, but I think the overall structure of the round robin would just be that we're talking about what our educational background is, what our work experience is, um, and see if we can trace some kind of a path from maybe where we were as young adults to where we are now. What are you trying to say? Um, yeah. <laughs> I find that offensive. <laughs> yeah, you know what? That's fair because I think um, maybe that's me speaking uh, from my own perspective too much. Anyone want to then just dive in and say that that's not necessarily the way things are going for you? No, nah, I feel old. <laughs> I got a good two years left. Please don't wish it away. <laughs> so... How about this? I um, I think that I have a sense of who started things. I'm, I'm just going to cold call. Oh. Are you ready for this? <laughs> we've, so, we've already uh, moved from on from popcorn can you to cold calling. Question? Yes, I, I don't know that the question was all that clear to begin with. Okay, um, yeah, I was so, like trying to be I'll like, say, what are we saying? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yes, yes, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> so basically we've already got a breakdown of what your projects are at this point. And we've had the update from last week and all of that. Um, but basically, Ian. Yes, sir. How would you um, describe where you were maybe 10 years ago? And then how that... Uh, sort of person and career and um, education and work all sort of uh, changed and adapted to where you are now. Probably just starting with... (laughs) Good luck, dog. (laughs) Yeah, man, that's a tall order. Um, Probably just starting with um, 
where you start, like where you were right after you left high school or maybe what your interests were in high school, if there's any kind of a thread that tracks all the way to where you are now. What was your GPA? <laughs> oh man, that's going to be a tough one. I'll have to consult the records. Um, yeah, okay. 10 years ago, I was a hotshot uh, superstar academic uh, with unlimited potential and just all the prospects in the world. Uh, and I was I was choosing between like, uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I mean, when I was uh, coming to the end of my high school career, I was like, uh, not really interested in going to college, but it was like the thing to do. Um, and so in response to that, I was trying to figure out like, I don't know, what's the lowest stress, uh, like most fun thing that I can pursue. Uh, and what I came up with was, uh, well, you guys know this, but, uh, I was going to be a park ranger for the national park service. Um, and so I went to school at a little known, uh, university in Western PA called Slippery Rock University. Um, what's their mascot? Their mascot is, uh, like a rock. It's just like, uh, just, <laughs> no, I think they have like, uh, a mascot that's not at all related to the fact that their name is Slippery Rock University. Go Slippery Rock. Yeah. It might be like a, I don't know, like a, uh, gladiator or something ah who knows <laughs> um but yeah so I, I tried that out for a while um i ended up not loving it uh as much as i thought i was gonna which you know go figure if you put all of a weekend worth of thought into what you're gonna do for the rest of your life it uh you know doesn't really materialize the way you think it will uh was it it really just a weekend or how much are you exaggerating i guess i am exaggerating a little bit but also like i don't know man i didn't make good decisions when i was 18 and i because that's not to say i make good decisions now but i made worse decisions decisions when i was 18 what do you mean oh you know just like everything (laughs) <laughs> no, for real so you mean are we talking about that one time that you went hiking on the Appalachian Trail oh yeah well that was actually after well so that's you're you're skipping ahead uh, hey, right in, in the story um, tell me what awful decisions you made oh man I'm trying you don't have to don't to let him back. I don't know like I was uh, I just always blew off school and stuff and I like decided I was going to play video games till 3am and then like sleep through class and uh that kind of stuff that was just like a that was kind of like where my i don't know like level of motivation and level of like interest in school and stuff kind of kind of was i was just kind of floating around in that space like uh well into college actually really <laughs> Damn, you didn't know this <laughs> no I, not, not in the, uh, the college years, I guess I didn't. Yeah. I mean, I think part of it was like, I, um, but if you weren't loving it, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I was, I was doing okay. And I mean, like, you know, go figure. It's not a, a very challenging major, uh, learning how to be a park ranger. Um, but I was I'm doing sure fine. There are some wasn't... park ranger students right now who are pissed that you said that. <laughs> <laughs> 
You may be right, but I would venture to guess that everybody that I went to school with would uh, like 100% agree with me. <laughs> I like a lot of the people in my program were like kind of like they kind of had a similar mentality. Like they were just looking for something like enjoyable that they could do as a career uh, and fairly low stress. And like, I think it worked out for most of them. Um, but for whatever reason, it just never really like, uh, you know, it never really stuck. Uh, but then, okay. So at some point I like dropped out cause it was not going super well. Like um, grades weren't turning out or, or was it like an, an emotional well-being thing? It was very much an emotional well-being thing. Um, I like I knew early on that like it wasn't like college wasn't really for me or at least not in the like not in the way that it had been going like based on the first couple semesters. Um, but, you know, it was like the feedback I got from the people I talked to about it was like, oh, you know, um, like everybody has a hard time in, in school and like, you know, a lot of people don't like their first first couple semesters and you just got to like find your. Yeah, I don't know, like find your social circle and your like um, your interests and stuff like that. And so I was like trying to like muddle through. Yeah, go ahead. No, there's that that constant. um, I like that that refrain from folks who are like involved in an institution um, consistently saying like, no, 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 you'll you'll figure it out. And if you haven't figured it out yet, you'll figure it out. Yeah. (laughs) it's not great and also keep paying us while you figure it out i was gonna say it turns (laughs) out it's a great sales strategy (laughs) i know you don't like this now but there's potential for you to like it in the future and also you have this opportunity to rack up a nice little like chunk of debt which like what can you do um Yeah, exactly. And ultimately, I, I did get some some paper, but it was like Ooh. a whole whole meandering journey. Um, so okay, so Brendan asked about the Appalachian Trail thing. So that's yeah, like after after like kind of uh, like floundering for a bit, for lack of a better descriptor. Perfect um, descriptor. Yeah. So there was there was like a bit of major changing, and then like at a certain point, I was just like, ah, this isn't working, and I just kind of left. Um, and I was like, oh, okay, maybe I'll like hike, hike the Appalachian Trail for a while and figure out like what, you know, like what I want to do with my life. Uh, and that lasted all of like, I don't know, three or four days. And it was like raining. And I was like, ah, it's not this. It's not, I don't want to, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to just be like a, a hobo hiker guy, uh, forever. Uh, and then at that point I just like, um, I don't know. I just, I had to like, I don't know, sit down and like have some hard conversations with myself about like, well, what are you going to actually do? Cause it's gotta be something. Um, did you, didn't you though have some of that conversation with yourself when you were hiking though? Those three to four years <laughs> on the trail. <laughs> days, Dan. I think I think maybe you missed me. As your beard uh, started to brush the ground, you hadn't you hadn't come to that conclusion yet, Ian. After those four years, yeah, yeah. That was. I mean, I think that was. Um, 
it was it was kind of illuminating in that it was like a another thing that I hadn't given a lot of thought. I just kind of jumped into thinking like, oh, maybe this will be fun or like uh, this will be a way for me to like kind of avoid thinking about my future for a bit longer. Um, and then like just the fact that it went poorly and like I had some time to kind of. I don't know, just like face the reality of like, if you know, if you keep avoiding like making a decision, uh, you're just going to keep having like difficult negative experiences. So it was like, it was educational in that way, I guess. Um, yeah, it just didn't, it didn't take me as long as I expected to figure out. Uh... <laughs> I so remember. So I, for those of you listening, for Stephen Linda's loyal fans um, who may not be as familiar with um, our backgrounds, um, I so remember dropping Ian off at an inlet for the Appalachian Trail with this yeah. notion, like, what, we're 20 years old, right? Or yeah. like maybe 19 or 21. And um, <laughs> dropping him off with this notion that, like, he's going to ride off into the sunset and I'm never, ever going to see him again. <laughs> and then like two weeks later um uh you probably texted me and like casually asked what was going on I was like, <laughs> uh not much uh where'd you end up like, yeah I'm, I'm at home <laughs> brendan did you yeah, yeah man i vividly remember i think you telling me that ian was on the trail you either stopped by my parents' house. Oh yeah. Um, it, you know, it must have been in the summer, right, Ian? Did you start in like a May or something? Or like yeah, when? I don't you, remember do exactly remember when, but yeah, it was it. Uh, it was either late spring or early summer. I'd have to look back at the old text history. It's <laughs> oh, a long look. It goes back that way. Yeah, I'll here. You guys finish the podcast, and I'll just <laughs> I'll, I'll scroll back to the beginning of time. Because yeah, I, think I, I remember sure. Brendan, you stopping and like. I don't think you were like scheduled to come over or whatever. Like I was just doing something in the loft at my parents' house. And like, I don't know, like you, I, just, I heard someone coming up the steps and it was you. And I was like, kind of taken aback. Cause I wasn't, ex- you know, I was like, wasn't expecting anybody to like come charging up the steps of my parents' house. And you're like, yeah, Ian's like hiking on the trail. And I was like, I thought the same thing. I was like, okay, I guess I've seen him for the last time ever. I don't know guys. I like, uh yeah i don't I well listen that that's well. not to say that you're like that it was at all disingenuous because you were set out to make some realizations and it just seems like you did make those realizations just <laughs> on a different time frame from what any of else of us sort of romanticized the time frame to be yeah man honestly i thought i was going to be out there for i mean to get down to Georgia, that's like, uh, you know, months and months and months. That's kind of what I expected. And I was like, I don't know, maybe I'll just turn around and come back. Who knows? (laughs) That's not how it went at all. (laughs) Um, But anyway, you know, after I got back, I did continue the soul searching process. Um, Yeah. And I don't know, just tried to figure out what would be like, a little bit more like sustainable as like a long-term career. So like uh, something I was missing in the um, like parks thing was like 
it's nice to be out and hiking around. And I think I would have enjoyed, you know, like the whole like hiking around and clearing trails and, and doing that kind of stuff. But it just wasn't that stimulating, um, you know, mentally. Uh, <laughs> you calling them dum-dums? <laughs> no, no. I no. Hey, I went to school with some very like smart people and like it's not uh yeah like i i don't know i think like if that's what you're looking for um you know just kind of like uh have i don't know a more relaxing lifestyle and yeah i don't know it i guess get your really have to be intellectually stimulating for you still to be yeah actual person yeah. yeah like if that's not what you're looking for from this particular facet of your life like i I think that's fairly common and like shit i mean like we all have experienced work stress like i i completely understand why like some very intelligent people would want to like forego that um that's why we're here yeah baby <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I just, I don't know, I guess at that point in time, what I had arrived on was like, I wanted something that was going to be a little bit more like, yeah, I don't know, just like challenging day to day. Um, and I know, let me interject real quick. Cause I remember oh, for a sure. conversation Please. that we had around this time, um, about basically you like, um, the question of how much you want your work to, to be a vocation Versus like a day time occupation and to yeah. just articulate that a little bit more like <clears throat> how much you want to live and breathe your work versus how much you want to be able to compartmentalize something that you can do during the day to satisfy um, <laughs> like uh, <laughs> satisfy your quote unquote debt to capitalism or whatever you would say like. <laughs> Uh, how much you have to punch a uh, punch the old card clock that we talked about last time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, th I think we had like a number of conversations in that vein. Uh, I was working through some stuff, man. I appreciate you talking to me about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> I still haven't answered that question, honestly. Like, I still talk to uh, to Maggie about that. Like, to what degree? Do I want work just to be like a means of earning money versus like, mm. you know, making it something that's like fulfilling and I don't know. I still go back and forth. Like if, if it makes sense just to like, you know, optimize for income or like, uh, I don't know, like, should it tick those other boxes of like giving me something that lets me like, um, impact society in a positive way and like have like, you know, some sort of like positive social, interaction with people and like i don't know like i think um it's tough because we do spend so much time at work and so like you end up needing a lot of those things out of it because there's just not room elsewhere um but did that at all influence yeah. basically what your next step was at that point no, no no so these are these are some more like recent musings so let me get back to the headspace of the past uh <laughs> let's cue some sort of like from like little uh uh memory spooky music, music. memory music okay cool 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 uh, i don't know what that would be but uh, okay yeah yeah dan uh please cut in some fanciful memory music of course 
Uh, what happened next? Uh, yeah, so anyway, like I ended up deciding on uh, like comp sci. Um, like as I was exploring all my different options, I ended up like just doing a little like programming tutorial. And I just remember being like immensely frustrated uh, by not being able to figure it out for a while. And then like, there was just this, like when I finally got it working, there was this like, uh, I don't know. It was like, it was the best feeling in the world. There was just this like uh, release of tension. And like, I felt like a genius for, I don't know, making some like picture bounce up and down on the screen. I don't know. It was something like trivially stupid, but um and at that point i was like oh cool yeah like uh that was really fun let me see if i can do that like as a thing and then it turns out you can do that as a thing um not necessarily making pictures bounce up and down but like more more generally um yeah so then i i ended up like I went to community college for it for a year and then I applied at Temple, which uh, if anybody's listening from out of state, that's just a like little little state school we have here in uh, Philadelphia. Go Owls. Go Owls. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I did a uh, uh, like dual program in CS and math um, and did a couple internships, one of them with kind of like a big like corporate employer philadelphia we're gonna that's where you put in the the goat noise to yeah yeah bleep it out um and then also like i did one with a with a startup um based out of virginia i think and that was like all remote but uh anyway got the degree ended up going to work for the big company um (laughs) yeah Yeah, he he shall not be named um (laughs) And yeah, so I, I, my job with them was um, like I was part of this rotational program. So I like moved around the country to work on different tech teams, um, like different projects. Uh, and that was really cool because I got like effectively I got to do four jobs in two years. Um, like I got to kind of like see, you know, what aspects of work were kind of like common between teams and what like you know, what like opportunity there was for like different dynamics and stuff like that. So, um, that was pretty neat. Did you find, um, that working in those teams was appropriate sort of for leveraging like your motivation or was it maybe a conflict? Appropriate for leveraging my motive. Uh, you mean like, did I, did I find the work dynamic to be motivating? Yeah, I guess. Or just like, you know, in, in this search for what is an appropriate path, yeah. did that aspect of things, was that enticing? Was that useful? Um, so I'm not sure if this is an answer to your question. Uh, I don't no, know if it was, a, if it was <laughs> a useful question. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't think I'm, I'm 100% clear on what you're asking. But I can talk generally about like the the work experience and what my takeaways were, <laughs> if that's if that's kosher. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I think what I what I effectively learned is that like I I really enjoy 
that type of like creative problem solving, like the, the idea that you have some like abstract problem and you need to figure out how to like uh, implement a solution to it or like build something that can like satisfy a need or like that, that dynamic I really enjoy. Um, the rest of it, like, uh, you know, the whole like interpersonal thing and like managing people's expectations and, uh, kind of that bit of it, I never really liked. Um, but I always like did a decent job putting up with it, I think. Um, but mainly just because the, the actual work was so rewarding. Mm. Um, so I don't know. Does that answer your oh, yeah. question at all? It does. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and okay. then the only reason I ask is because that, um, I mean, we've talked at least a bit about like making things public or working at, in partnerships. And I just yeah. think, um, certainly everyone has varying degrees of how much they need that or how, you know, varying degrees of how much that is useful to them. And, mm -hmm. um, I just wonder if that influences where you end up. Uh, we're all right now doing things that are um, kind of independent. And I, for one, am finding that to be really uh, <laughs> uh, limiting. I just feel like um, interesting. I'm floundering because I don't have the kind of uh, interpersonal um, problem-solving energy feedback whatever um yeah that's fascinating to hear because it's completely alien to me <laughs> uh, <laughs> so what like i don't know yeah i guess like uh what what like aspects of working with other people do you find energizing and like are there any that you find like draining or is it all is it all roses and sunshine and rainbows unicorns. and unicorns and puppies yeah yeah uh yeah um certainly everything comes with two sides um but i would say i don't almost, think so what's that <laughs> i'm just messing around <laughs> everything's entirely straightforward um i do want to finish <laughs> off the, the last things that yeah the last steps of yours um but this is a good segue into some of the things that i uh would sort of just consider as part of my background but um yeah i find <laughs> that um if i'm left to my own devices that i become sort of overly analytical overly self-conscious overly thoughtful and mm -hmm. end up never executing absolutely anything uh, okay kind of, kind of like an analysis paralysis <laughs> kind of situation <laughs> And this is something we talked about off the air a little bit. And I was thinking about this. For those of you listening, off the air is actually just indication um, that we're talking about an episode that we recorded that we entirely fucked up. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we'll only, you'll only see it as a, a contributing Patreon member. <laughs> it was my fault, but, and that's all that I care to say. It wasn't even. It wasn't even. <laughs> we all blew it. But we talked a little bit about like, um, oh shit! I, what was that thread? Um, oh, you don't yeah. get anything done. Yeah. yeah, that it's so hard to <laughs> even when they're projects that I'm passionate about. 
I just find this weird fizzle um, that inevitably ends up happening when I'm uh, deep enough into the solution to a problem or deep enough into planning something that I'm like, oh, well, you know, I figured it out. So uh, and now I don't have to do it. Oh, dude, I feel that. But I think what deeply. I'm saying is that like the the interaction with other people and the accountability to other people, obviously we're doing this in part for accountability, but even more so for me, I think I just need in-person accountability. Otherwise, I'm going to get very little done. Yeah. No, that makes sense. Um, and I think we kind of touched on that uh, when we were talking about... Um, yeah, I mean, things in this vein, the idea of like sharing what you're doing versus kind of like yeah, keeping it to yourself. Um, yeah, the Oprah versus Ted conversation. Yeah, yeah. And you definitely <laughs> mentioned then. Yeah. Yeah, which makes sense. That's see, like I said, that's that's very interesting to me because I like I actually have the opposite problem where like I find those like relationships and interactions and like that's that's all like distracting like that that like reduces my productive capacity so it's it's weird to me that you can exist in like absolute contrast to that like i can't get my head around the fact that someone else has a different subjective and yet, reality and yet we are the dearest of friends yeah yes we are opposites so, attract i guess so before i take over what are the last few steps that lead you to where you are? Oh gosh. Uh, yeah. So juicy uh, steps. <laughs> let's see. So after the rotational program, I went and worked, um, with another team at that same company, uh, for about a year. Um, and that was fun. It was a good team. Um, you know, not, not super stressful. And then, uh, around the one year mark, um, I don't know. I just started feeling kind of antsy and I was like, all right, I think I'm, I'm ready for a bit of a challenge. Um, and then Maggie and I had also been talking about, uh, trying to dip our toe into the whole digital nomad thing. Um, and so at that point we were kind of like, uh, casually looking for, um, remote jobs, uh, and one came up, um, and then I went through the pro, you know, the interview process with them and I got the, got the offer. So I decided to go for it. Um, and then I spent about a year and a little bit with them. Um, and that was a tough year. It was like, uh, a, a really quickly growing, I guess they're still a startup, but they've, they're like series E F I can't keep up. Um, so they've gotten like some funding and they're, um, they're just onboarding customers like crazy. Um, and they're struggling, or at least when I was there, they were really struggling to like hire enough people to keep up with the workload. And so inevitably that just, you know, that extra work gets split amongst the people that do work there already. And I was one of those people and I got fucking tired of it. <laughs> um, and so that's when I started thinking about like, okay, what, so I've kind of developed this skill set over the course of the past uh, six, five, six years. Um, and it's like super useful. And I really enjoy like this style of work, 
like I, like I said, the creative problem solving, um, but not so much the like interpersonal dynamics and the, um, just kind of the, the like, um, way that working at a, a big company where you have other people like relying on you and your output and your, um, I don't know, expediency. Um, yeah, just like I, I wanted to try something else besides that. And so that's where I kind of hatched this idea of like, can I come up with a way to just do the creative problem solving? Mm. Uh, and so uh, that's when the idea for the money printer was born. Because <laughs> um, that's a really hard problem. Uh, and Let's go the, around the horn yeah. and see if we can each describe what the money printer actually means. Because I suspect that I um, that it makes no sense to me, but that's <laughs> yeah, you, you only game. suspect that it makes no sense to you at this point. <laughs> Dan, how would you describe what he was doing? I mean, all right, you turn burn. it on, you turn it on, and then you try to. <laughs> Sometimes, depending on the rate, you might use something like a backpack or a laundry basket and just catch as much as you can coming out. And then you turn it off if you, if you want to, but ideally you just kind of leave it on. Okay, so I wasn't that far off. No, <laughs> no but like yeah. you're definitely leveraging the tools which are like computer programming, right? Comp size is your education. You're yeah. also leveraging like programming more um practically from the work that you've done at uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> incorporated yeah, yeah. <laughs> um as well as other ant incorporated which i don't know the name of don't worry but, about it <laughs> yeah like you're creating algorithms basically to mimic um like changes in stocks changes in valuations of stocks and and um currencies right yeah. Well, so again, creating is like a little bit generous, mm. uh, mostly, mostly stealing. Um, Whoa. <laughs> not the stocks, not the stocks. Just the opportunity <laughs> to rephrase. Here you go. <laughs> no. Um, Everyone's comfortable with it, Dan. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, effectively it's, um, yeah, I'm, I'm using kind of the practical skills that I've learned in, in building like production software for some of these, uh, bigger companies. And then also, um, like using the math background a little bit and like, uh, the thing I'm most excited about is just like taking an opportunity to like learn about a new kind of problem. Um, I guess I should probably say like, I didn't know, uh, really anything about like, uh, finance before starting i mean you know the like, stonks I, yeah yeah the stonks i was like oh, okay um i get that i probably want to max out my 401k match and uh just in general like i want to have um you know like a decent amount in savings and um you know some index funds um but beyond that like this is all very new to me um and i don't know that's exciting it's it's terrifying uh, but it's also exciting, like, um, having something new to sink my teeth into, like, this is kind of the next iteration, I guess, of like making an image bounce up and down on the screen. Uh, 
something I have no idea how to do, but like, I just remember that feeling of, uh, yeah, like finally figuring out a hard problem. And I guess I, um, yeah, I'm just like hoping to recreate that. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. You tied it nicely back to that bouncing image. Yeah, I'll say that. Oh, the symmetry. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, your dance description was more or less uh, accurate. That's <laughs> what you're hoping for. You you hope yeah. there. You could program a little reverse switch, and then it becomes a shredder. You don't want that. Parker, how would you? How would I was you about to say. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly thought there was a little bit more of a ritual involved, so I feel like you guys don't want to know. I thought he had like crack an egg into his DVD drive or whatever, and then these charts, because you know, there's a give and take to make balance in the world. So, yeah, like sacrificing chickens and stuff. There's like an egg or human blood or something like that. <laughs> and you get like six bucks. Yeah, yeah. There's some there's some weird voodoo, and the eggs only cost six bucks. So I'm I'm a break even trader. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but you're doing it. You're conjuring. Yeah. Conjuring. <laughs> yeah. Um, Parker. So, um, thinking about your pathway, right? Ian's like starting out pretty different from where he ended up. At least my understanding, and and. Um, you'll correct this if it's incorrect, but my understanding is that your pathway is far more linear, or at least of the four of us. Let's see if that's fair to say. Yeah, I don't know. I, like uh, a little more linear. I I don't know if linear is the word. So I was actually <laughs> just talking to we, me. Prove him wrong. We took, a, <laughs> we took a trip to True Value a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and we sir. were talking about this because um, we I like realized like. Um, um, this is some, this is gonna get pretty heavy right now. But me and Ian ah, had a uh, early yeah. college fallout based over a video game. So uh, there's a couple months that. there that were erased from the uh, history. So we we're obviously laughing about that. But we like we're catching up, kind of like what actually happened during those months. And Ian was telling me like, you know, issues he was having with school. And then to go back to me being an 18 year old, I can sympathize with ian because i did not want to go to college and i actually remember like i think i was in your loft ian when i got the call from my mom that i got the uh the heavy envelope from westchester so um and i went there i think i remember that, that. makes yeah. it so daunting yeah honestly i was just like oh i was like cool i guess we're doing that then but um <laughs> so Went there, um, and I actually started out as a intensive Russian major because I didn't know what I wanted to do, and my sister was like, Russians on the critical needs list for like the, uh, I don't know, United Nations list or whatever, like for like ambassadors, you should do that. And I was like, sure, Camille thinks it's cool, I'm going to do it. Um, did that for like a year, was I think pretty good at it, but then realized I didn't want to do it anymore, so switched to actually computer science because one of my friends on my rugby team at the time was like, do computer science, make a bunch of money. It's super easy. And I was like, Oh, okay. Like I've never been good at math before, but like, it might as well come now. Like, I, this is a fully developed human brain, which it wasn't at 19. So, um, that, um you think that though. Yeah. Right. Like I know it should have worked, but it didn't. So that, uh, cost some money too. That was about another year and a half. Um, and then, uh, I remember like sitting down and talking to my dad and being like, yo, I really don't want to, 
do this anymore. Like, I kind of just want to, like, I was, like, doing, like, landscaping or something at the time. I was, like, I really like landscaping. And, like, I like working outside and stuff like that. I think I'm going to just do that for a while. And he was, like, look. Also, like, I should note that my dad went to college in, like, the 70s. And it was a very different time. And, like, I don't know. But he was just, like, you're two years in. So, regardless, you only have two years to go. And I was, like, oh, well, like, you know what? I trust that. Like, there's no reason that you would, I mean, you're pretty much a student right now. Like, why would you not know the workings of the, I don't know, educational system of Westchester University? <laughs> Let me just note that that is basically exactly the same argument that we were talking about with the end that like anyone in an institution or who is familiar with an institution or agrees with an institution is like, no, like you're gonna figure it out. You just stick. Just <laughs> you're fine, and you're like, no, I'm flailing, and they're like, well, I, not my problem, because like after this conversation, I, I'm going to bed. Like I don't know. I think that that's some like I know that we talk about it as though it's sort of insidious or um, uh, maleficent or something like that, but uh, or malicious maybe is a is a better word for it. But I wonder if that's just like all of us adults are children still and that's just like kids wanting to have their team like the team that they're a part of be um uh respected and be the right path through things and they just want to be like con affirmed that whatever they're uh they were a part of is the right thing to be a part of I'm sure yeah, it, it probably leads into like, and I'm not saying my this is gonna get like one step further. Your parents probably also like have insecurities about what their kids are doing, so they're probably like, you need to do A, B, and C to get D. You know, like, like it doesn't really matter how you get there, but like to an extent, like I'm sure that I don't know, you have these like conversations with your parents at some point that are like, also like the whole like what Ian was saying about choosing what you're gonna do for the rest of your life over a weekend. That's like incredibly real and it's like a, it's like a flawed system i don't know like i literally i don't know you literally like senior year maybe junior year you're finally like they're like oh and here's marijuana and here's alcohol you can kind of have this all the time if you want so you're kind of only there for like 60 nobody had that conversation with me no but i'm saying like no but i'm saying like you no nobody's give. but i'm saying you find it and you're just kind of like oh like i don't know like this 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 is fun like i can do this all the time like i I don't know and then you're about to i don't know you're pretty much taking... worse at college yeah exactly and they're also like by the way you're also going to take out pretty much like a quarter mortgage on this so you're like buckle up because you're going to be paying this off for at least 10 years like i don't know it's yeah. it's all silly but um uh yeah so that wasn't true about halfway through college um so i go into i was just like dad i really want to do something with computers like i get i i think i like i just understand the working of like basic i don't know technology like i want to do something with that but like everything else pretty much i was just like this sucks i'm gonna quit and he's like don't quit like find something else and i was like all right so i like looked around and i was like oh like I don't know. I was, I, and like, I still like Ian grew out of like the, I'm going to play video games till three in the morning. And while I'm not doing it till three in the morning anymore, I, I feel like I, the, the whole point of working is so that I can like pay off doing that for at least three hours a day or, so, or like maybe an hour a day. Like I'm, so 2 30 AM. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm pulling one over on the man. If I can like, you know, I don't know. But, um, I will just say Parker, I haven't grown out of it. And that's the play anymore is like, it'll suck me right back in. And I just, that's been like the, the biggest like the hardest thing for me right now with like freelancing is like literally today like i just like i like out of like muscle memory like opened up a video game and then had to close it mm -hmm. but then it's like almost like on your mind like 
caving away at your yeah. brain for like the last like eight hours. And I got like 30 minutes in right before this. And I was like, Jesus fucking Christ, that was good. It was like a hit of like, <laughs> like heroin or something. I was just like, oh, thank God. But um, that's real. It's terrible. Oh but it's also like, you know, yeah. it's kind of, if you do what you want to do. And I, at this point, like for a while, you're just, I was just kind of like, ah, oh, like I have to be successful and I have to be outwardly successful so people know that I'm successful. But then I think I hit like 26. And oh, I was just yeah, like, dude. I'm just like fuck that like this is great like i don't know like my family thinks i'm okay at least and like my friends i still have friends so that can't be fucking up that much there and like i don't know so it's it's all just life's dumb guys that's the takeaway uh oh, <laughs> not, oh my. not actually going back to the two years thing so i went to john baker who is uh shout out to john baker if you're ever listening to this you are a you are hey, just the, the nicest person in the world and you're a great inspiration to everybody he was the uh, head of the uh, art department at Westchester for like Bachelor of Fine Arts, like all those kids, including graphic design. And I remember just like asking around. I was like, "How hard would it be to like switch into this?" Because I think I like took a uh, there was like an art history course with him, which was like pretty much. Which was this was also like a jaded view. It was like a introduction to museums or something, or history of museums. Pretty much, it only met. It was only seniors and me. A uh, like I don't know sophomore, but freshman as far as like design was concerned. And we just went to museums on Fridays and then had to do a presentation at the end of the semester. And then he took us out to lunch after the museums. It yeah. was, uh, I was just like, can art, I still take that? Or yeah, what? you should. Oh my God. It was great. I was just like, art is it. Like, I don't know why. Cause I always wanted to take more art classes in high school, but I felt like it was like, not like the gifted thing, but like, it was like, I don't know. You had to be like an artist. And I was just like, I'm not an artist. And I still don't consider myself an artist. Like I'm a designer. I know what looks good. And I don't like, I don't know. I try not to be an asshole about it but like it's like one of those i don't know but that's that was kind of like the turning point that actually wasn't the turning point but like i knew i wanted Sometimes to do something different those things just take like a moment of legitimizing yeah from someone that you respect exactly no but either way they were like i was like yeah so like i'll graduate in two years right and they were like oh fuck no we're like a small state school <laughs> there's no expedited program so that's the story. I think it was like Tommy Boy when they were like, plenty of people go to school for six years. They're called doctors, but they're also called Phoenixville area graphic designers and or at least one. And uh, so I even like two years into graphic design, we, we had like a, a staffing shift. And then I had like some younger professors come in. And they kind of like hooked me into some shit and like got me super excited. Um uh, and like got me working on some cooler projects and I was like this is actually like dope like this is the stuff I want to do which is kind of where I got into like the branding and packaging elements I was like this stuff's sweet because um, it's pretty much like I had an art history minor going at the time so I was just like looking at all these cool like old like prohibition era and like turn of the century like packaging and like at the time I think I was like playing Red Dead Redemption and like all these like wall murals for like I don't know provision stores and stuff like that and I was like you're telling me that I can just like make this for people now and like you'll pretty much make a career out of it and everybody's like oh yeah but that's like a that's like a thing. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Um, Doesn't it feel good when it clicks? Like when you find something and you're like, this, yes, this is it. Well, it's great when it clicks. And now I'm like, I'm trying to. I'm at the point now where I'm trying to get to like click again. I mean, actually, this is like a good week, but um, it was like I don't know. It's like weird freelancing because then you're like, why isn't it clicking for everybody else to let it click for me? Kind of like, why isn't anybody else seeing this? Like, um, you know, trying to get your own clients and stuff like that. But um, yeah. So I graduated at the time I was doing landscaping. Um, I was doing landscaping for this woman, Lubna Abu Asfa, over in Kimberton. And 
the, my like boss was like, yeah, you should go talk to her if you're doing graphic design. She's like, she runs an ad advertising agency. And I was like, yeah, no shit. So I like went up to her. I was like, hey, look, no, like, do you need like help ever? And she's like, yeah, like my intern like literally left like three weeks ago. So like I've been looking for one. So I ended up like interning for her for a year and it was like awesome. Like got a lot of like, it was like a lot of like medical work and like boutique uh, medical stuff like that. But it was cool, which uh, then led me to Sparks, which was like the uh, events and trade show marketing agency up in Ben Salem where I worked at for like three years. And that got me to working with some, like, bigger clients, which was kind of exciting. Um, but also, like, towards, like, the end of the third year, through yeah, three years, like, kind of burned me out. So then I was like, fuck all of this. I'm going to open up a coffee shop because Artisans just closed down. And I was like, it's all going to happen. Everything was lining up. Had the wait, least... wait, wait. But what, what, but, but what happened? <laughs> well, I thought we were talking about current events, but I should let everybody know that there's a virus. Um, and a lot of people don't want to go in. So if you're going to leave your job and make a drastic career change, I would not do it the same year as when they have what they call red phase, where they close down indoor dining. Uh, that does not help opening up your aspirations of a coffee shop um by any means but it does kind of open the doors for like i feel like inner happiness because that i don't think anything else will like kick my butt into gear to like start doing freelance stuff um i was lucky enough to do some freelance work with sparks my old client like they were super they were like upset to see me go um as far as the coffee shop stuff but they were just like like even like the vp that i was talking to he's like my manager's manager was like you gotta fucking do it your grand boss my grand boss, yeah, my my great grand boss. Um, uh, but like they were like, I don't know, they were super supportive of the whole thing. Um, and I guess that's like, that did they of, know that you were sort of forming your own boutique? Uh, how do you mean? Were they aware that you were, um, with the coffee essentially shop creating or? a business? Oh, I'm so, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. The coffee, yeah. Uh, the freelance stuff didn't exist yet. I thought that like, it's literally like, cause I freelanced for them from like November or I guess actually just like Jan- late December to March until like the shutdown. And then uh, I realized like the coffee dreams weren't happening. And like, literally like, I was like, Oh, what do I do? But like, even like sparks, like pretty much like furloughed half of their like team. So yeah. like, I wasn't going back there anytime soon. Which was like a really weird feeling because I was just kind of like, ah, like I'm on like a no, I don't know. It's like being on an island and being super freaked out. But like, it kind of like to pivot, I was like, wait, I can do graphics. It's just like finding out who can I do graphics for. So yeah. ever since then, I've just been getting kind of creative. And the boutique stuff is just kind of, or the, the new, I guess, like, I wouldn't call it an agency, but the partnership or collective thing has just kind of stemmed like in the past couple months. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's about it. So I totally forgot that you were studying Russian. I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. Can you say something in Russian? Do you remember any of it? The so it's weird. Like if I'm like watching a show, you pick up like Prada, Strasvitya, and like all like the like I don't know, like the basic Kamila and all these like weird like sayings that like it's like how do you go to the bathroom? Hi, hello, all that stuff. Uh <laughs> like my name is, like all that stuff. Um but I don't know, like some of it. I feel like I remember more German than I do Russian. That's saying something because, well, I'm not going to say anything about Frau but, you know, we were all there. 
<laughs> that is interesting that you hold on to this stuff. Well, I mean, I guess you picked it up when you were so. Yeah, that's fair. That's part of it. But hey, that Russian sounds pretty good to me. Thanks, Ian. Um, I actually, I did, unless there were any other questions about that, I just wanted to kind of ask Dan a very similar question. Like, I have, Yeah, I do have a question before you go there. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> um, you said the coffee dream died or something? It didn't... Is it dead forever? Because we're we're looking... I mean, we're looking real bad in terms of uh, this coronavirus stuff right now. As a Friday, but it, we're fucked again. Yeah. <laughs> it does appear as though there might be some light at the end of the tunnel after. No. Uh, yeah, no, I the think I, I'd, I'd love to do that again. I think um, I think that there's a market for it in Phoenixville. I think that Phoenixville doesn't have great coffee right now. Um, Shots fired. That is. <laughs> I don't feel bad. Um, uh, <laughs> I said what I meant, and that was why I left my job for it. So that's okay. Yeah. Um, like yeah. I, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't think I was right. And, and they should take that as a challenge. If they made better coffee, everybody would win. So fuck off, guys. Um, <laughs> uh, that was beautiful. Well, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> Parker, part of the, I want to partly um, uh, def- explain why I was so wrong about your pathway being linear. I remember in high school that you were probably a part of some business um, uh, class, I think, and you created a product. And others of you may have been involved, um, but it was uh, Ouchball. What? Oh, I don't remember that at all. Ouchball. I remember this vaguely, and I it was it. What what class was it in? I don't know. I wasn't in it. All I know is that you came into the auditorium one day with. Um, like a styrofoam ball poked uh, through. Like, yeah, with... like thumbtacks and shit like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I think that was just being 17. I don't know if that was like oh, but now, business all right. savviness. I hear you, and obviously you're right, and obviously it's absurd. But that to me is like exactly what... <laughs> just making that's people exactly... <laughs> No, that's like yeah. inventing something that it's obviously absurd and it's obviously the um, silliest thing in the world. But that also, to me, is a clear line between what you're doing now and where your mindset was at a certain point. That's, you know, that's, that's interesting. I don't know. What's the point uh, maybe the listeners can agree or disagree with me. There's something creative about that. And obviously it's stupid and silly. But yeah, you were 17 and like um, perhaps one of the most genius 17-year-olds that's ever existed yeah only it took off i'll second that <laughs> if gotten, only it took off on that patent <laughs> <laughs> that was ouch ball anyway um dan i'm gonna jump in real quick just so that because there's not much for me to say and i think picking wow. up off... <laughs> how dare you say something like that about yourself about your journey no so so like the conversation about how much people are important to like what you mm. decide to Forgot do. Forgot all about that. Yeah. Um, and uh, so basically I think in the, it, like the last step of um, getting me to where I am now has been this weird version of like, Ian, you were sort of frustrated by that being a distraction. Like the fact that there's, um, so much interpersonal um, 
like the, the fact that there's politics to deal with or the fact that there's like nuance in the way that you're supposed to word an email to people and all oh, of that yeah. sort of stuff is like distractions from the problem solving that you want to spend your time and energy on. And no, dude, me, I love taking half an hour to draft an email. That's uh, <laughs> easily my favorite activity. And to me, it's like a very similar thing. It's one of these weird things where like a circle on opposite ends of things will meet up at the same place. So for me, do you guys catch that that sort of visual metaphor? I think that just went right over my head. <laughs> if you lay a circle flat, you got opposite ends of that line. But you turn it back into a circle and the opposite ends will meet back up at the same place. Oh, boy. You got me? Geometry? Oh, okay. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> yeah, so geometry. So basically, where I was um, about, I mean, six to eight months ago, maybe a year ago now, was like, I craved that interaction between people. And I realized every day um, going to school, and we'll figure out, <laughs> I guess I should start at the beginning, but I'm not <laughs> going to. But like that going to school was like, I needed, um, I don't know, a shot of energy from other people. That was useful to me. But what ended up being the breaking point was not that that was a distraction, but that that was so disappointing. And that the... Um, sort of professional persona was um, so inauthentic. Not that it was a distraction from what I wanted to get done, but that it was the whole point of the things that I was doing, teaching kids, being around people and trying to like just be happy around other people and make them feel comfortable and safe in an educational environment. Um, but that that was so consistently undercut by the weirder, less authentic version of that interpersonal contact. Dude, you're so. speaking to my soul a little bit. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't have to worry right? about and again, keeping like, kids happy, but. <laughs> but that's like but it's, why, uh... I don't know, opposite ends of the spectrum in terms of that need for interpersonal interaction, but similar reasons for that interpersonal interaction in the professional world to become frustrating and ultimately a tipping point so here's my story <laughs> <laughs> so uh originally went to school for english studying english um literature with a focus on uh dramatic literature and was doing um plays in college and in high school too um and figured that that would be like a natural place <laughs> for me to land but it turns out you need to have some kind of foresight and planning in order to execute something like that i guess which is true for a lot of things and is is um a fatal flaw of mine and some of my compatriots but anyway it's not fatal <laughs> <laughs> yeah we're still here <laughs> but um after school, uh, spent some time, um, so after graduating from an undergraduate degree with a degree in English, right, and philosophy too, um, was a minor, but realized that, like, uh, there isn't really uh, anyone just asking me to <laughs> read them things or tell them what books mean or, like, <laughs> write things for them for money or for, you know, even if it wasn't money, it was barter system. And I could just, uh, they would like hand me potatoes or hot dogs or something. 
So if you are getting an English degree right now, uh, loyal listeners of Steve and Linda make a podcast, uh, let me just tell you right now, there isn't an exchange of reading for hot dogs. <laughs> so that's what you were banking on. Yes. Yeah. In case that Yet. was your, your quote unquote. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it's been we're seven not, years. We're so. freelancers. Come on. That's true. It's been a while. Maybe the world has changed. So, but uh, I ended up, um, so I have ADHD pretty bad. And it, it means that when I don't have a structure, I don't do much of anything. And I avoid a lot of um, responsibility. And I start feeling very bad about <laughs> who I am. And so for a while, I was living with my parents um, and didn't have a job. And was just hoping that I could just force myself into writing something. Um, and I was never able to do that. And I think now I realize because there was no one around and because I never had that kind of like B vitamin shot of just being around other people and um, being dynamic with other people and having conversations with other people. Um, didn't know that at the time. Now I know that that's something I needed. So what I ended up doing was. Um, taking a couple of jobs at a number of grocery stores. And uh, so one grocery store um, has a small cafe. Uh, I don't know that they still do, but I worked in the cafe there. And mm. then just the, <laughs> do they still have a cafe? Um, it's not open right now, but it's still there. Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. My man, Davey B. Shout out to good old Davey B. What it do? <laughs> cafe manager. I hope you guys are doing okay. I uh, well, obviously you're not right now. Sorry. <laughs> oh, brother. Um, <laughs> but I was working basically seven days a week at um, a grocery store and another grocery store's cafe, um, and it was stimulating on a number of levels that I was um, partly able to just. <laughs> punch the old clock card, punch the old mm -hmm. Flintstone clock card and go home fully um, separate from uh, any kind of responsibilities that I had, maybe that maybe would linger from like an office Free. job. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also supremely hopped up on caffeine, um, <laughs> which is a danger for those of you uh, with caffeine addiction. So Brendan, also I'm a necessity. <laughs> yeah 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 Ian. you gotta keep going somehow um i'm curious if so did you have these realizations about needing you know things like like interact like personal interaction and accountability and like were those things that you realized like around this time when you were uh like working these jobs or is this something that came later or like what was kind of how did that process go <clears throat> no I, I had no clue <laughs> <laughs> I had some vague self-awareness, but um, that's something that I developed and, and maybe am not even fully yet settled on what the best sort of circumstances to um, like set up around myself to succeed are. Um, so no, no, I had no idea. And, but I knew that um, I was willing to push myself to a certain level of exhaustion working um, essentially two full-time jobs, um, that were both like not downtime jobs, like retail jobs. If any of you know, are, oh, you. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. They're demanding as shit. Yeah. And even if you are extroverted, which I think is like 90% of my personality, um, it's still exhausting. It doesn't mean that you're just like uh, gleefully goofing around with people all the time. <laughs> like customers can be shitty. Let's just oh, be real. Yeah. <laughs> also just oh, the yeah. physical toll on your feet. <clears throat> yeah. Standing up. Um, no one's supposed to stand for that long in one place. <laughs> um, so no, I didn't know that I needed that. Um, I was just like, uh, unconsciously benefiting from that swell of energy. And that's what sort of allowed me to push myself past my limits in those positions. So I'm getting paid gotcha. a little better than minimum wage, but I'm, and I'm exhausted and all of this, but I'm still doing it. And I still did it for more than a year um at essentially seven days a week um, what year was that brennan i don't remember that at all it's because because we didn't because i didn't talk to anybody <laughs> <laughs> i was working the whole time dan that's why i don't remember because you everyone forgot about me he just said that dan <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna sound like i'm leaving dead to the world um no it uh it was 2015 uh, 2014 to 2015. Okay. Um, but luckily, I was able to assess my own mental well-being and like uh, mental health enough to call it quits when, honestly, when my body was <laughs> at the ripe old age of 23 breaking down. So, um you know, not working seven days a week and being on your feet the whole time. And, um, yeah, it's, it's exhausting. And, and I lost probably like 25 pounds. Um, and it honestly, like it, it wasn't a health crisis, but it got to the point where I, I just couldn't, um, justify it anymore. Um, so what happened at that point was really interesting. So I got, um, I got on Craigslist and was looking for, cause I didn't feel even legitimate enough, a professional person to like look honestly, to look at things on monster.com or anywhere where it would require like a resume resume and a cover letter. I just didn't feel adult enough even to justify going to those places. So I went to Craigslist and um, looked up a couple of, uh, ads for like tutors, um, and called or, or reached out to, um, a guy who's local, uh, and got a phone call. And honestly, the first time that like, who, who answers a phone from a phone number that they, who answers a phone call from a phone number they don't recognize <laughs> ever. Maybe in 2013, but not now. <laughs> yeah, right. Right. <laughs> this was three years past anyone had ever answered a phone call. <laughs> but miraculously I looked at it and like I was in my parents kitchen and I just thought uh well I didn't think anything I just answered it which was so weird because I don't ever do that um and it was um a guy named John uh offering me um an interview to uh train to tutor test prep for high school students um and I got the job. I did this sort of freelance um, gig with him for a number of years. He, um, 
uh, and then gradually introduced um, new students as well uh, from through family members and through um, some high school teachers that I was still in contact with and gradually sort of grew what I would call now like a small business. I didn't really think of it at that time as a small business, but yeah, um, worked with another tutoring company. And so for about five years, um, I've been tutoring SAT and ACT test prep. I started to um, study for the LSAT to see if maybe I would go to law school. Uh, it didn't pan out, but I did introduce that to my portfolio of um, potential subjects. Um, also tutored things like AP Calc, AP Stat, some stuff like that. And then after a bit, realized that, again, this notion of being around people came back up. So I was with individual students and I was with families, which was really satisfying. But I um, was jumping around here to there and the relationships that I had with students would be temporary. So I wouldn't really actually be building any kind of relationships with them long term unless like we needed to study for a new test or unless their siblings were preparing for things. And I do have a number of families that I still work with that I actually do like emotionally care for, but so much of it was kind of mercenary and um, uh, temporary and <clears throat> tied to hours, right? Like that I had to be putting in hours in order to make an income that would pay my bills. So it just felt like this alienation um, from people that I was actually in their homes with, which was weird. And so I realized, all right, I actually need to figure out some way to become a part of a community again. And I can't just be driving here and there, knowing people for a month and then severing those relationships because it's honestly pretty emotionally draining. Um, and so I went back to school to get a master's in education. And went to um, a one-year program, got certified, got a master's, did some student teaching, and worked as um, sort of a long-term sub in a school for a year. And it was great, um, but it was temporary. And again, I found myself, even though for that year I had this community, after a year I had to sever those relationships, sort of, because the contract was not um, long-term. Uh, and so I spent the summer, and it was this summer during COVID, interviewing, calling people, reaching out to people that I knew from uh, various schools that I had either worked with or, or attended. <laughs> um, had gone to yeah yeah and um got so little feedback and got such sort of uh curt response that um just felt like none of the work that i had been doing was being um recognized at all uh which was really hard because I worked hard as fuck for every single student that I knew. Um, and it all came to a head at some point <laughs> when I had an interview uh, or, or, or I, 
I sent out my resume to a school and <clears throat> they responded and uh, said, um, they responded by email and said, let's set up an interview. Um, went through this interview, went through a demo lesson. Um, and I was really hopeful because it was a job that I was like uniquely qualified for with English and math that I'm certified for. Um, and these details will blur them out for anyone who's listening, but you know what you did and it's fucked up. So there. <laughs> so, uh, didn't even get, uh, word from them for about a, um, a week or two. And I reached out to the people that I knew at that school in that district. Um, and turns out they had already moved on. Um, and that the reason that they did not move me past the demo lesson. And in fact, the reason that I was I was already set up for failure after the first interview was because when they called to set up an interview, my voicemail box was full and they were miffed that they had to email me instead. Fucked. <laughs> That's nuts. And I fully recognize that in the professional world, those are things that matter to people. And I fully recognize that um, in part, that's my own responsibility. <laughs> but I guess but I just realized, like <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. I don't want to be a part of a system that that matters that much to. So like, you're not going to even... So you're going to put me through some hoops. You're going to ask me back for a demo lesson, which I have a lot of preparing sort of to set up for. But um, all along, you've already got essentially <laughs> a red X mark next to my resume um, because of something that arbitrary. And I, yeah, and, and again, I understand, but it was just like, all right, let's see where else I can maybe... Uh, go to <laughs> that that also just seems like so clicky kind of because like i don't know what if you had gotten that position and then something very small down the road had happened is that like would they have i don't know terminated mm. a friendship because of that i don't right. think that red flag would probably kill you yeah maybe <laughs> <laughs> well it is this weird um this weird like uh if you had been in yeah like and they had seen you interact, me, if they had seen me interacting with students um, and seen how hard I worked and seen um, the amount of empathy that I exhibit, just like partially by nature and partially by really sincere effort, um, then no, those things wouldn't have mattered. But it's this weird thing where now, because the professional world is dictated by these like humanless interactions, um, they don't have that other part of me to weigh against this like absurdly arbitrary but admittedly childish and stupid failing of mine i wouldn't go that far man i people's mailboxes fill up it's like <laughs> <laughs> you're a human being yeah i don't know it sounds uh it sounds i don't awful need sympathy you have to go because that. guess where we are at this stage after it's that happened good. i realized Okay, I've got to cut my own way through some shit. And one thing that I've had been doing as a hobbyist is growing mushrooms. If that's something that I can do 
as uh, at the same time as making relationships with people in the community and at the same time as um, leveraging my own uh, eagerness to like honor those relationships without all this stuff about being judged for arbitrary things that like, dude, uh, I am ashamed of, and partly you're right, and like I shouldn't necessarily be ashamed of because it's just how my brain works. Um, it's something I work on, but it's there. Uh, if I can avoid having to interact with that kind of Spartanness, um, then yeah, I'll fucking grow mushrooms in my basement and sell them to restaurants. <laughs> and that's where we are. That's beautiful. I, I, I would just say like, it seems like there's a little bit of a like common thread of I don't know, like, uh, yeah, just like making something good out of a shitty situation. Uh, which I don't know. I mean, I guess sometimes you just got to go through some shit. And realize what your priorities are and, and at the same time as um, where your priorities are not. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's it's very... I don't know, I guess it can be very crystallizing when, like, you're just having an awful time uh, <laughs> and you've got no choice but to sit down and be like, all right, well, what the fuck am I going to do? Yeah. All right, it, so Dan, go on. Uh, <laughs> what are all <laughs> the horror stories in your background? <laughs> all right. Um, you guys are going to have to ask me questions because I don't know my own journey and I haven't prepped. <laughs> <laughs> Would you say your your because like when i was saying that thing about parker i was I was thinking maybe dan's uh pathway is a little more linear i don't know but yeah would you say your pathway is linear there's no such thing as straight lines brendan you know that by now <laughs> yeah i would say mine's pretty linear mark are you okay dan exactly precisely hey, parker. how linear is it Parker, we've already we've already covered you, so <laughs> yeah, <laughs> if everybody on the line can mute. <laughs> oh, Are you all right? He's fine, Dan. We can't hear him. Uh, Parker, give another <laughs> cough. <laughs> okay, he's good. He's good. Shut up. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's sort of like sort of from a certain point, so. Oh, all the way back in the beginning, um, I was feeling pretty burnt out at the end of high school. Uh, and for a while, I was really feeling like I, I guess I knew I was going to college no matter what, um, but wasn't super thrilled on it for a good chunk of time there. I just felt pretty, pretty, yeah, like I said, pretty burnt out. Um, high school is weird in that you have a lot of classes in the same day. And I don't know. I feel like I got too ambitious in trying to take stuff just to kind of keep in the highest level courses. And I think it was too much for me, probably. Mm. Um, I'm kind of happy to have gone through it because I feel like it kept doors open. But also it did suck like toward the end, you know, I sucked at math, but was still taking BC calc. Like that was just dumb. (laughs) You know, that wasn't a fun time. Um, and toward the end of high school, I had no clue what I wanted to do. So basically my strategy was to apply to a couple schools 
undecided and just try to give myself an opportunity to pick something up as I got a, a little bit more clarity there. And so ended up going to Penn State. Um, again, went in undecided and was really thinking like business in the beginning. I didn't, I didn't really, I had no clue what I wanted to do, honestly. So I was just trying to work through like entrance to major type classes, keep the gen eds rocking, and uh, was kind of on that business school path for the first three semesters, really. And then I finally took an IT course in the last semester before I had to declare a major and jumped into information sciences and technology four <laughs> semesters in and that was after kind of like going through you know not completely dipping my toe into some of those other majors but kind of like parker was saying um at the same time i was doing those business classes i was also evaluating whether i wanted to do architecture landscape architecture graphic design um, and the moment that that changed for me was kind of sitting in the advisor's office and i was already a semester and a half in or something and she was walking me through the fact that those were all five-year programs and that I would have to enter them <laughs> you know, like at the end of that semester, effectively making six years of college. I was like, ah, I'm going to cross those off now. Um, and was kind of sad about it because they're all obviously a little bit more graphically inclined, which is... Uh, you know, part of the reason I'm doing all the stuff that I'm doing now on the side of the data analytics to kind of satisfy those creative urges. Anyway, went through information sciences and technology at Penn State, really liked it. There was a lot of project-based work and I felt like I, you know, I talked about this a little bit last week, felt like I naturally gravitated toward a leadership role in all of those groups. And it, it was a weird major because there was so little emphasis on exams. Basically, the challenge was just, can you organize four different group projects, four or five different group projects with four or five different groups simultaneously throughout the semester? And that's like really pretty difficult, even just to schedule time with all those people, <laughs> let alone execute on a project and learn what you needed to do to slap together something passable. But I think it was a real approximation of what the working world is like yeah. in terms of prioritization and working with others. And I'm super thankful for that experience. Um, so that was cool. But at the end of the day, like my IT degree was pretty generic. A lot of those business courses counted toward it. And so I wasn't deeply technical. It wasn't like the comp sci flavor of that degree. It was, I think they called it... Um, information people in context option or something <laughs> and uh it basically sets you up to work at like i don't know as like an <laughs> as like an entry-level consultant um and i was we gotta like, add that one out too i was like i was like nah <laughs> i was like not gonna do that um and so i took a role at the small company in state college that i interned with they make a software package and I was doing kind of like an infrastructure project during my internship and uh, jumped into some SQL reporting there as my full-time role without really having any SQL training whatsoever. Like I'd hit it in one of my classes at like the 200 level, but really didn't have a lot there. And so um, that was linear from, you know, my second year in school through that period and through kind of what I'm doing now. I've used SQL in all four of the positions that I've had since then. Um, 
obviously doing different different things in those positions in terms of whether they're more of a reporting slant or whether I have more of like a customer focused position in, you know, specifically in the role that I'm in currently. And also um, two roles back a little bit more of that and a little bit of like project management experience. Um, so that has been linear, but that's not why we're here. We're not here to talk about data analytics. Um, <laughs> We're here to talk about photography and video. And that stuff has all been on the side. And so I think we touched on this last time, but it's tough. Um, I got yeah. interested in some of those things. And thank you for mentioning, I think, Parker, it was you again, the art in high school, right? Yeah. I, I guess for a long time, I never considered anything artistic or visual as a major. Besides, like, like I said, the architecture, graphic design, real quick in the beginning. Um, and I, I think for a long time in my life, I didn't have an appreciation for my own inclination toward those things or that it was viable as like a, you know, a source of income or, or anything like that. And so I, I probably buried some of those urges deeper than I should have subconsciously um, and very happy to have allowed them to resurface, but kind of took a lot of art in high school and forgot about it. Yeah, you know, I think I took everything but AP art. I took AutoCAD classes in high school, the Photoshop classes, um, worked on, we had an animation class. I, f I forget who taught that. I don't know if you guys ever took that class, but that was really oh, cool yeah. and got to work on um, a Mac for the first time, which was a, like a big influence in my decision to like save up for a MacBook and get that with some of like the working money that I had in high school. And so like that stuff, I just all kind of, I don't know, forgot or ignored completely when it was time to like choose a direction that I wanted to go. Um, I think to be fair to you and to be entirely unfair to the system, that <laughs> sounds like exactly the kind of shit that um, would just be like um, unspoken uh, taboo stuff to commit yourself to. It's like no one ever values the, no one ever indicates that that stuff is as valuable as it is. Agreed. And I'm sure we'll spend, we could probably talk about this stuff for like five episodes straight. <laughs> um, but I think that's one of the big things that younger people are going to face. Like, I don't know that we have a good system in terms of, or at least I don't think we had this in Phoenixville High School for sure, kind of educating people on what what college looks like or, or what day-to-day -day life looks like when you get X role in X position. Yeah. Um, what are the, what are the tasks? What is the individual versus collaborative breakdown? Um, what is it going to pay? What are you going to have to pay to get into that position? I don't feel like I had any of those answers and I also didn't care. Um, well, because you, you didn't, didn't because I, I knew I was taking the boatload of money out and I kind of just postponed all of that stress because at, at the time it's, I don't know if it's smart to do that, but it certainly helped me. Like you, I wasn't going to do anything to change it in the moment. So just not worrying about it until the end was, was super helpful. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know. So that, that's kind of how I got into the data side and then resurfaced on photography probably two years ago. I got my first camera. Um, one of my good friends, Jake, shout out to Jake, 
was like, <laughs> you should try you should try instagram and i was like no like i don't want to try instagram or like what the hell would you <laughs> even do on instagram um but i downloaded it made an account started posting some phone pics um was really liking it and i quickly was like okay i definitely want to get a camera and try getting something mm. with interchangeable lenses and this is going to be something that i'm going to fall a little bit deeper into for sure um and that was about two years ago i've always kind of been doing some video editing but so all these activities they all just kind of coalesced and i would say the stuff that i'm doing now really started hitting hard a year and a half two years ago um and spending a ton of free time like i can't i was gonna say i can't like under or overstate i cannot state enough how much <laughs> of my free time that i've spent on this just to kind of get up to a place where i feel like i've been making progress and kind of like like the things that i am making if that makes sense yeah it's basically it's been a lot of time um and it's been great because i've loved it but like i you know spend a lot of weekends spend a lot of nights um yeah to get kind of to the point where I feel comfortable going back to the other topics from a couple other episodes, like talking to customers and trying to um, see if I can help them in a way that can also, I can profit from and, and grow, grow that hobby further. And but that's something I, I think um, we should talk about in a future episode. If, if Steve and Linda are gracious enough to have us back in, <laughs> in the studio <laughs> We're on with them. time. Yeah. Is the is the notion of um, yeah? I mean, we sort of phrased it as how many pots are you boiling, um, and what is the appropriate uh, number of sort of <laughs> pots to be boiling <laughs> at any given time. How many burners do I have? Two or four? <laughs> yeah, yeah, six. We were just watching them uh, binging with Babish. He's got six burners. Anyway, wow, what a life. Um, I. <laughs> Um, I think that, uh, having your foot in a professional door at the same time as trying to build something for yourself is, um, really, really hard. And I think that, um, you are, <laughs> you are the hero of millions of people right now. <laughs> You're at least uh, my hero. Yeah, at least mine. And the, I really hear the applause, the thunderous applause. <laughs> Honestly, though, dude, it's it's impressive to see, like, the level of mastery that you've achieved. Oh, my God. Like, guys, doing... Absolutely. Need to no, stop. no, 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 just... Yeah, it's that! I can't handle, like, more than two seconds of that. <laughs> Honestly, though, dude, it's like... I see the stuff you're putting out, and it's uh, incredibly professional. I can't think of, like, a more flattering way oh, to say that. Like, it just looks well, like... Yeah, it looks like you've been doing this for years, yeah. Yeah, and like I cool. said, a year and a half. Years, plural. No, 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 no. I'm talking like <laughs> like decades. Like, are you feeling old, oh, Dan? Because the quality of your work suggests that you're ancient. So from my perspective, um, I do feel like I'm finally getting to the point where I can see some good progress. Oh, real proud of yourself, huh? <laughs> Quite. Um, like I, I feel like I've crossed the threshold from like really just struggling to get a handle on everything to like, okay, I can tell that I'm like, if this is the beginning, that's exciting type, type mindset, which is really fun. How much of this stuff 
that you learned in high school feels like you were able to like uh, use right away? Like, was there any attention to detail or um, like principles that you learned in those art classes that felt useful when you started? Uh, I don't, this is going to sound terrible, but <laughs> like in terms of technical things, no, like nothing I would say. Even AutoCAD stuff, like you didn't feel like a technical sort of um, uh, skill set came into play. No, um, I think just because that's that program is so specific, it was. You could say that maybe I understood after that class that I liked the idea of jumping into a very full-fledged software package with a visual slant. And knew that I liked to learn it. Yeah. So like the carryover. So apply that of... to Photoshop and like, or apply that to Lightroom or Premiere and any type of the Adobe Creative Cloud apps or or anything similar. I knew I kind of liked that, mm -hmm. and I I had an appreciation for the learning curve. Um. So none. But of yeah, the specific in terms of like technical skills, skills not right. nothing really. But at the very least, you like, you felt a rekindling of some sort of passion that was familiar. Yeah, I, this may be like a stupid phrase, but like the process learning was a carryover. Uh, like, me, uh, which how, how you mean? Like uh, the process of learning a software tool or... Uh, oh, I see, I see. Okay. Like you I can learn, it, yeah. you can get better at that skill, which is like weird and meta, but like... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's something that we're all sort of applying, like... Um, differing degrees of we're not necessarily using the skills right like if if the the driving question of this episode is how did you get here was it linear um, which is maybe just what I'm applying to to the whole conversation but that's at least implicit in part of it right um, the answer is often like well it's not exactly that linear when you look at it on the surface but a lot of the sort of underlying skills that you're developing the skills of uh, diligence and perseverance are there. The skills of self-reflection and self-awareness are there. And they're things you're constantly developing as a young adult. This is your degree in uh, the language and philosophy. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I forget. Yeah, man. <laughs> That's a very uh, cohesive summary. Any other summaries? What else, you, what else are you guys picking up? Oh, we gotta let Ian go. No, 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 don't. No. We, we can do the little wrap-up spiel. Oh, you'll allow it? <laughs> I'll, I'll be here maybe half asleep, but <gasps> I'll be around. Common themes. Uh, Fuck, Fuck the system. system. Whoa. <laughs> I'm writing that one down. Say it one more time. Uh, I said um, <laughs> it's uh, Fuck the, the system. system. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh but, but kind, kind of, of, I don't know. I think if anything, the takeaway, like, I'm not going to be forcing, like, honestly, I would have rather my parents harped more on, like, yo, become a carpenter, become a plumber, electrician. Like, you can make your own hours, you can still be making stuff. You're still creating, but, like, I don't know. That That's, like, the other thing, I forget, I think it was me and Ian were talking about, but I wish, like, trade schools, vocational schools were an option. Just because starting out with all this debt, it's not really uh, helpful. Yeah. I don't know. Um, it's not really yeah, a <laughs> No, I think it is. What are, what are the things that 
Um, you know, I think in our case, we're talking about the education system mostly, but what are the things that the general systems around us are communicating as valuable? And that is kind of not always A, accurate, or B, um, considerate of who we are as individuals. Yeah. I also think you just have to advocate for yourself in general, because nobody's going to do it for you otherwise. Um, I think everybody's kind of, it sounds like that might be a, a, a theme of the whole podcast overall, maybe not even just this episode, but like, I think like everybody kind of got here at some point because they made a choice for themselves. Mm. Wow. Yeah. Whoops. I like that. But Dan, any takeaways? Ah. <sighs> Ian and takeaways. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, like it, it seems like it's going to be similar to what you guys have already been saying, but uh, just the idea that uh, the conventional path, um, I don't know, yields conventional results. And if you want something a little <laughs> bit different, <laughs> yeah, one like more that. time, so, so yields one, <laughs> yeah, got it, got it. You, you heard me. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you, if you, I don't know, if your goal is not that, then like, and this, this seems like almost a non-statement, like, like it seems like it should be obvious, but yeah, you gotta, you gotta like walk the path less traveled, I guess, if you want to, I don't know, see something different. Um, and I don't know. I mean, every time I talk to you guys about this stuff, it's like, it's very encouraging to me because like, that's what I see you all doing. And yeah, it just gives me this like tremendous sense of hope that like, this can be a more normal thing, or maybe it is a more normal mm. thing than I, than I realized. Um, and that like, you can, you can make your way in the world, uh, this vocationally to use your word, Brendan, uh, without just following the, the kind of like cookie cutter, you know, well, well trodden path. You guys hearing the dog? That's cricket. So. No. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a cricket. Yeah. yeah. I think another thing that I'm picking up is that we're all, um, and I think that this is relevant to a lot of people. I don't know if it's all people or if it's especially young people or what being pushed to a certain point where we're forced to um, stop and assess what is the appropriate um, relationship to our work. Yeah. That if we like, we're all sort of getting to stages where we just cannot justify as humans seeking some version of fulfillment, we cannot longer justify interacting with um a professional life that's like asking certain things of us. And so we have to sort of go out into these other um, less traveled pathways. If I can sneak one more in. Hit it. Um, maybe don't try to shoot for linear um, because I see that causing people stress sometimes. And I know it certainly was for me. I, I don't ever remember thinking like that as much um i was always stressed more about like 
would I find something, you know, like in the process as opposed to like, oh, I'm not getting to where I set out to go because I had, you know, especially on the early end, didn't didn't know. But I do find it sometimes humorous to talk to people in that like college age um, and they'll have very... And it's not, it's not a bad thing, but like very clear, like I'm going, I'm at A and I'm going to B, but like, I I don't know. It doesn't take many years to be removed from that position to kind of like laugh and be like, sure you are, (laughs) bud. (laughs) And it's like, if that happens like that, great. But if it doesn't and you have a rigid mindset about it, or you're tempted to be hard on yourself, it is, it is a little bit of a, a tough position to maybe deal with mentally. Um, so just like. To keep that in mind if, if you're at that age is, is good to just yeah. evaluate occasionally. Yeah. If, if anyone takes anything away from this, let me just whisper it gently into your ears. <laughs> you're doing just fine. You're doing great. Keep up the good work. <laughs> We're all so proud of you. But for real, that there is no wrong way, that it's totally appropriate to feel like you are um, tossing back and forth you're figuring out what is the approach. You're feeling things out. That's how um, people, that's how systems, that's how animals, and that's how rivers all find their way through things is they take this way, feel it out, see if it's right. If it's not, they go that way. Yeah. Good. I think, Dan, that is the perfect summarization to end on. So um, for the sake of Ian's beauty rest, for the sake of your ears, if you've stuck with it this long, um, <clears throat> uh, you, you haven't. So uh, we're speaking to you in your dreams. Good night. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, next time, hopefully we'll be able to jump into a couple of things that we've brought up. Um, boiling pots. Uh, that's one thing we'll jump into. We've got some listener questions that we have to get to. Hey, Adam, thanks for sending it in. We've got a listener question. Who's excited? I am. I'm excited. I'm excited. Um, for all of us here at Steve and Linda Make a Podcast, um, Steve and Linda will be back next week joining us. Um, I'm Brendan. I'm Dan. I'm Ian. And I'm Parker. Good goddamn night to you all. <laughs> Boom! Who's got an outro for us? <laughs> uh, that's perfect. Good. Unless someone has something better. <laughs> oh, no, that was good. All right, how do we stop this? Shit?